This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. Now, Fight Back with Libby Snymer on Zoomer Radio. Good afternoon and welcome. It's Monday and that means it's time for the Zoomer Squad. And while we are all in this together, the Zoomer generation has special needs and concerns as we face COVID-19. And as we speak, many of us are self-isolating after getting home from traveling abroad. What are you doing? How are you coping? Also, a lot of people have had to stop their part-time work. How is that impacting you? The numbers to call 416-360-0740, toll-free 1-866-744-740. And now I am joined by the Zoomer squad, including David Kravitz, Vice President of Zoomer Media, and Peter Mugridge, Senior Editor of Zoomer Magazine. Hey, guys, how are you doing? Doing fine, Libby. Hey, Libby. <laughs> Doing great. Thank you. Okay. So, uh, David, the biggest issue facing the demographic right now, is it an economic one or is it a health one? Well, I think that it's um, it's a mixture of both, but I think over time it's going to uh, wind up being more of an economic one because even though it's spreading, even though they were concerned about the higher rate of uh, fatality among the older generations in absolute numbers in Canada, it's still very low. On the other hand, uh, the devastation in the retirement portfolios, the stock market, et cetera, is going to be way, way, way more widespread and impact a lot more people than who are going to get sick and uh, even die from this, uh, this uh, virus. And we have to do what we're doing, but uh, it's not going to be a, an easy road back. Well, yeah, but when you look at the numbers in in Italy, say, I mean, the numbers now are seem to be, you know, not that dire. But uh, when you look at what's happening in Italy, uh, you know, that's, uh, you know, (laughs) that seems to be a justification for what's going on now. No? Well, I think it's a justice for certain. I'm not even questioning what's going on. But you asked me, you know, which is going to impact more the sickness or the finance. And even if we took the numbers in Italy and replicated them here, God forbid, uh, as a percentage of the total population, the number of people who who have died from this compared to the number of people or the percentage of people here who have, uh, you know, financial plans that are wrecked, um, you know, the finances is just going to affect many more people. Peter? Um, well, I, I was speaking to a... Um a financial advisor who's lived through a number of these health outbreaks, um, SARS and avian flu, swine flu. And he says, um, you know, there's a short-term hit to the market, um, three to six months. And then after six months, after, you know, the, you know, the cases have, have sort of dwindled away, people are back on their feet the um, you know the economy starts going again. Then you'll see the markets return, maybe not to where they were, you know, a month ago, but they'll start going up after the number of cases starts declining. So um, that's one hopeful, uh, you know, uh, 
something to look forward to for for investors. But but they're not going to recover, you know, the, the hits they've taken to their portfolio. And uh, what are people, you know, uh, talking about? Are, are people looking ahead to that, or are they just trying to get through the next few days? Well, well you know, Libya, I think they're just trying to get through. You know, like they, they're trying to to you know figure out life under these new measures. Um, you know, I was uh, I, I interviewed a bunch of people from our Facebook site, and and one of them said, <laughs> like, it's crazy, but her daughter is in self isolation in Vancouver, and she's resorting to lowering down a bag so people can load it with food and she can haul it up to her third floor balcony. So, like, like when we're we're hearing stories of that, people aren't really worried about their uh, RSPs. They're they're just worried about getting through the next few weeks. Hmm. Uh, let's take a couple of calls. We've got Lori and Bolton. Hi, Lori. Hi. Good afternoon, Libby. I am, uh, this is for, uh, I'm in, living in the senior's apartment, okay? Now, I have here one lady. She is in a walker and uh, 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 scooter. Now, every time she goes to the pharmacies to get her medications, the pharmacy doesn't Deliver. This is here in Bolton, Caledon. Okay. Now, in this situation and this weather, yesterday she is, she wants to go to get her medicine. She is going to use her scooter, but it's too cold. I said, why don't they deliver? She said that the pharmacies don't deliver medicine. But even though you come here, you see her situation. How can we help her? Um, that's a good question. I, I know some pharmacies deliver. Uh, somebody uh, could pick it up for her. Somebody who's not in self-isolation can pick it's it up me. for her. It's me, but I don't have any any car anymore. And I'm also self-isolation because I have a heart problem. I have a bypass too. You know, I think there are some agencies, um, you know, informal and formal of people who are banding together to help. I don't know if you have neighbors there. Uh, David, do you have any suggestions? No, I think that I think that um, the suggestion of having somebody else do it, um, and I think that's happening, by the way. I'm, I'm seeing a reasonably normal pattern uh, at the pharmacy I go to, I've made a couple of trips. Um, I think that in the United States, and I don't know if it's been repeated here, they're saying now have one family member do the groceries and do the pharmacy uh, instead of, you know, all of you going. But clearly there are people who are shut in or are isolated, not mobile, and they do have to arrange, um, you know, pickup. But I don't see the government policing that kind of visiting. I don't see... Uh, and they haven't got the ability or the desire to stop somebody, you know, knocking on somebody else's door and handing over some much-needed uh, medication. Um, but you know what? Why is, but why is it that there are some pharmacies that deliver, even though it's small pharmacy here, they deliver it to the customer? But this one... Well, yes, well, Lori, I, you know, there, there's... Um, thank you for pointing that out. There are neighborhood associations that um, maybe can help you, but we can't help you with this, you know, convince a particular pharmacy to offer 
a particular yeah. service, but yeah. I can see that's a problem. Thanks for your call. Uh, yeah, so there's uh, stuff like that cropping up. I know that in, in my neighborhood, we have neighborhood associations. There are emails going around. Does anyone need anything? Peter, have you heard of that? Yeah, um, a, a lot of... Uh a lot of uh, communities that have Facebook groups or, or that kind of thing are, are banding together and, and, and trying to help out older people especially. But it, it's really hit and miss. You know, like communities that have that are, are it's great. But uh, this woman who is just talking doesn't have that. So, you, you know, she's she's sort of left to fend for herself. But I, I would just keep phoning the pharmacy until they, they figured out a way of, of delivering it to, to people who are shut in. You know, like I, I'm sure they'll have to come up with a solution to that and uh, and uh, put pressure on them too. Yep, yep. Yeah, I agree. Okay, let's hear from Bill in Brampton. Hi, Bill. Hi, Libby. How are you? Fine. How are you? I'm. I'm. I guess sort of fine. Uh, I want to tell you what I went through this morning. Um, uh, I live in Brampton, uh, and Brampton has been kind enough to uh, waive. Uh, property taxes for the next five months, uh, if we need it that long. Uh, I called the CAA and they were able to reduce my membership uh, for me because it's come and due. Mm-hmm. But this morning I called my car insurance company. Reason being, it's lovely that gas is down to 70-something cents a liter, but you can fill your car full of gas and you got nowhere to go. You're supposed to stay home. Mm-hmm. The only place I would drive to now no, because I'm not working, and I am a senior. I'm 69 years old. I have to work two part-time jobs to make ends meet. I've been laid off both those part-time jobs, and all now I would have to use my car for is to go to the pharmacy to get my meds and to go to the grocery store to get my food. And do you think the car insurance company would give me a break? This is what they said to me. Well, your next premiums due April the 1st. So you don't have to pay it on April the 1st. But what we'll do is we'll postpone it till May the 1st. So on May the 1st, you pay double. I said, well, what have you done for me? Nothing. Hmm. Yeah. <laughs> That's what I said to them. Thanks for nothing. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. So just charge me so I can go and get my meds and go get my food. I don't go anywhere else because I can't. There's no place to go. Mm-hmm. I mean, I guess... What uh, most people are hoping is that this is very short-lived and that everything will go back to normal. But um, I hear you, buddy. I mean, that is tough. And I've heard from other people, Zoomers who have part-time jobs that they've been laid off from and other people, you know, their full-time jobs they've been laid off from. There's emergency help that starts April the 1st. Uh, but you can't even apply from that for that from the federal government until April the first. David, well, I think that uh, your caller makes a very good point here. There are examples uh, in the U.S. and here, which are obviously the two markets. I'm, you know, communities I'm following most closely of deferring payment. There's mortgage forgiveness. The IRS and I think the CRA have postponed the tax filing deadlines and will forgive. Um, not forgive, but they will defer payments if you can't make them. But the theory is you're eventually going to go back to work. You're eventually going to have that money, and you can afford to make those payments in the future as opposed to us 
us being the insurance company in this case or the government or whoever, as opposed to us collecting it at all. They're not going to uh, relieve you of the responsibility of making the payment. Uh, I haven't heard of that very much yet, but there are uh, serious efforts to do, delay, defer, whatever, so that people don't get uh, literally you know, thrown out onto the street uh, through no fault of their own. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, David, another thing that I'm kind of worried about is ageism as a result of all of this. Well, there's, uh, there, you know, we didn't talk about this last time, but I guess the, the meme started last week about uh, the boomer remover and this kind of uh, very uh, wise, cracky uh, meme that started, you know, among some millennials about um, this is getting rid of uh, the uh, the baby boomers who they uh, profess to not like very much. Uh, one columnist even said that uh, older people are less likely to be uh, concerned with climate change, so it's eliminating uh, climate change deniers. There's been a lot of very irresponsible uh, stuff on this, but I think a seri- uh, an equally serious, I don't think most people feel that way, but there is some issue about whether older people are uh, taking it as seriously as younger people, believe it or not. And um, that has also caused some friction within families. Uh, we're reading anecdotally, but quite a few of them where the, the grown-up kids are, are telling their elderly parents to be uh, more vigilant. And it's the older people that are saying, I'll be fine. So that's another interesting, so maybe, well, the, the uh, opposite generational of that, difference. The, the opposite of that is happening, too. We've all seen those pictures from the beaches in Florida yes, that were yes, just recently true. closed, and the kids partying mm-hmm. and, uh, and it's the young people who aren't taking it seriously and the world health organization you know uh weighed in last week saying hey uh you know the, at first the thought was it really affects older people more but that's not necessarily true and no. i think 40 percent of the cases that have to be uh in the icu are younger people at uh, peter you have some uh younger people at home yeah and and my um you know, it, it's hard to tell a 16-year-old boy anything. But, and uh, so he was, in, in the first few days, he was just carrying on as normal. But he's he's adopted new measures, uh, mainly because his uh, friend, the parents of his friends have adopted new measures. So he's he's just, you know, Snapchatting them and, and texting them. And he hasn't been out for for a week now. So he's he's got the message. Um, it took a while, but, uh, but I, I think that message will gradually filter out to the younger population. Mm-hmm. I hope I, so. I, I think it will. And at the very youngest level, um, they're they're used to they're accustomed to a lot of virtual digital stuff. I have a three and a half year old grandson who's uh, taking story time from his daycare teacher every day uh, on uh, on Zoom. Mm-hmm. Watches a picture. She sits there on the camera. She's reading the story to him and the rest of the class. And uh, this is fine with him. He thinks it's kind of cool. Okay, well, uh, we'll see I get... how long that lasts. <laughs> you know, whether he's still happy with it a couple of weeks from now, God forbid. But we'll see what happens. Well, the province is saying that they're making resources for online learning available, and and for all that, that online classes was a big issue in the uh, in the job action by the teachers. Suddenly, uh, certainly university students, out of one fell swoop, had to adjust to that yeah. or nothing. Yeah, and my my daughter is at York, and she's um, her exams have turned into take home essays, and she's um, 
taking classes by video and, uh, you know, everything is done online now. It hasn't been a seamless transition. It, it's been very difficult, actually. And, and uh, you know, they, they're, they're so used to just going to class and taking it all in. So it, the transition has been very wonky. But, um, you know, to, to get a final mark, that's, that's how they're going to do it this year. Yeah. Um, David, what about the issue? We know that some Zoomers are totally tech savvy and really on top of it, but there are also a lot of people who still say, I'm not online and, and uh, I, I can't get there. Well, I think that's true. But, but remember that over 90%, we get, question two is, you know, who's a Zoomer, uh, 45 plus, we're finding the biggest divide is between the baby boomers and those that are older. So the oldest baby boomer is 75. And the baby boomers have grown up with the Internet and are quite comfortable being online. We know that in normal times, uh, we boomers, and I'm a boomer, of course, we go online for travel information, for health information. We man- we're more likely than younger people to manage our finances online. But when you get to the 80-plus, and that's where the real critical divide is, in the even in Italy, if you look at the death rates among 80-plus compared to 65 and, uh, and to 80, big jump. And they are the older-than-boomer group, if you will, and they are the least likely to go online and the most likely to suffer from uh, isolation. So you're quite right. It is a problem, uh, and it's a perfect storm because it's most concentrated in those that are, you know, the the most elderly and the most at risk. Mm -hmm. Okay, let's hear from Margaret in Thornhill. Hi, Margaret. Oh, hi, uh, Libby. Um, how are you feeling? I, I feel fine. Thank family. you. <clears throat> this is really a worldwide uh, problem. The way I look at it is uh, we, ha- we should ban all travelers coming into Canada. And um, Well, we, we have basically. We've banned, you know, people who are not Canadians or permanent residents. Nevertheless, Canadians are not Canadians. They should be banned because they're bringing in the virus. Who brings in the virus? Did we have it in Canada? It's the travelers. Right, but they at this point, it's already in the community. And let them be looked after till this is over. So Just you think Canadians should not be... Coming to Canada. You should think Canadians should not be repatriated? I don't care. They, they wanted to go abroad, let them stay there. How do you know they're not going to bring the virus in? Well, and yeah, but it's already happen? in they're, the they're community. They're not properly examined. Not only that, if they, if they do come in to Canada... They should be isolated for 14 days. Well, that's what, that's, that is what the government says they should do. And hopefully exactly. that's what they're Everybody doing. that comes in should be isolated, whether they have it or don't have it. They should all be in quarantine and not be let out because you don't know what they're bringing in. Well, they are all being asked to self-isolate, Margaret, that they are. Thanks for your call. Uh, people are really on edge. Mm-hmm. Uh, have you heard of any people who are objecting to re- some people are demanding more repatriation and others are saying there's too much? Yeah, and, and some people are, you know, they're, they're coming home and they're going shopping because they have nothing in the fridge, right? Yeah. And uh, so right away, it's it's sort of uh, pointless almost, their, their self-isolation because they've already broken it. But they do need food and if they have no one to bring them food, how, like, how, how are they going to get it? You know, so it, it, it's it's a conundrum, really, and um, and we heard the health minister yesterday hinting at, uh, you know, breaking out the measures of the quarantine act, and I hope it doesn't get there. But um, she certainly called it another tool in the toolbox, and and 
I know I know a number yeah. of snowbirds who have made their way back. Uh, I personally know these people made their way back here from Florida, mostly driving. Interestingly, yeah. and they've all gone into fourteen-day. Uh, uh, well, now everybody's <laughs> everybody's isolated, but they yeah. went into isolation right away. But none of them, I don't remember. To Peter's point, I don't remember any of them saying that they literally didn't make one trip to the store, right. to, you know, to, to get supplies. I think they did. Um, and now they're and now they're uh, in isolation along with the rest of us. But I don't know anybody that uh, any snowbird of, of my acquaintance that came home and said, "Ha ha, I'm back and I'm going to run around the streets." I don't think that's been happening on a wide scale, frankly. Well, um, yeah, I think that maybe uh, uh, Zoomers got a bad rap. The things that you were alluding to, David, that they're not taking this seriously. I, I don't think that's right, though. They're, I mean, they're, some people are saying, well, we don't pay any attention to the seasonal flu. But, yeah. you know, there is a vaccine for the seasonal flu. Yeah. I also think you need to distinguish between acting. Uh, some of this, this is an example of where surveys can go wrong, because uh, a higher percentage of boomers are not worried about dying from this compared to millennials, slightly more. But it doesn't mean they're not cooperating with the measures taken to spread right. it. I mean, we're all sitting at home, and I don't want to speak for Peter and you, Libby, but I don't think any of us are. I don't think death is at the top. It's certainly not at the top of my mind. It doesn't mean, you know, either I think I'm not going to die, so therefore I go out and violate all the the rules and the norms. I behave, I, co- I cooperate. I think it's necessary to do this. But it doesn't mean I'm necessarily worried that it's going to prove fatal to me. I mean, the two ideas can be held at the same time. I think without without it being irresponsible, right? Yes. Like yes. yeah. Like yeah. I mean, it's how it's, I'm acting is one thing, and whether I believe it's going to kill me is another thing. Right. Right. Or whether you agree with the with the measures is another thing. Right. Yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, the the, yeah. the death rate has not been finally, they haven't quite figured it out yet, but it does seem to be a, a lot higher than the seasonal flu. Mm-hmm. Let's well, hear- except, except, except uh, if I may, uh, I'm not sure that that's even true anymore, because as they get many more cases, and as the testing increases, and the death rate doesn't go up at the same level, the percentage drops because your denominator gets bigger and bigger. And they think probably as many people uh, who have not been tested have it. So you're, you're, you're now, you're now dividing the number of deaths times. And I also read, this is important. I saw in the, this is in the Washington, the Washington post yesterday that the health experts in the United States, now many of them are saying, certainly in New York, if you have mild symptoms, it might be a cold, it might be a flu, it might be coronavirus. Don't get tested. Just stay yeah. home. Yeah. See, don't that's the change the from the We don't want to know. Message. You're going to be fine, uh-huh. and we don't want to see you until it's serious. But, David, isn't it's that a, a change from the original message? Huh? Isn't that a change from the original message? It's completely though, different. They're yeah. saying, you know what? They don't have enough test kits there, is, yeah. is, uh, and they don't have enough of other equipment for serious cases. I think, And they don't want to see you if it's mild because they think you're going to recover because... Uh, Ninety-five percent of them, or ninety, more than ninety percent, don't need any treatment. So they're right. saying, "Don't crowd the, don't crowd our hospitals. We don't care whether it's the, a cold or the flu or COVID. Until it gets serious, we don't want to see you." Well, what if it's COVID? So now you've got tens of thousands of more people that have this who we're never going to know they do because we're not testing them. 
Right. Okay. So it changes all the dynamics of what we're worrying about, frankly. Let's take a call from Sam in Toronto. Hi, Sam. Hey, how are you, Libby? Fine, Hopefully how are you? Guys, you? Not bad, thank you. Hopefully you guys are doing okay. My yep. Sinuses, I hope my sinus pain is not going to turn into corona, but uh, <laughs> we will see how it goes. Uh, you know, I was I was thinking, like, uh, everything that the government so far has done, even though, as you know, that's my opinion, it was kind of a little bit too late, but uh, at some point, they're uh, understanding, you know, the necessity to uh, start being more, you know, active and all over. But what I think is that even with all the rules that they are, you know, putting in place for people, quarantine and everything else, there is an economic factor as well. A uh, lot of people can afford to sit home indefinitely. The government employees, you know, these people are getting paid and benefits and everything else they can afford. But private People, people like me, for instance, you know, my daughter has no employment. I myself have to work at some point, two weeks, three weeks, fine. But after that, if you don't, you can't pay anything. What kind no... of work do you do, Sam? Well, I do contracting with companies that my half of them are closed right now that I do. I do transportation for them. You know, mm-hmm. like I used to have like 10 people, but, you know, uh, turn of luck has come down. Uh, and uh, now I, I only have me and another person mm-hmm. who helped me out. And basically, what happens right now, you know, I'm not talking just for myself. I'm talking about many people I know. If, if you have to pay the bills at some point, you have to make ends meet. So if government doesn't address that issue, this is going to be like a wave up and down, up and down. Because people at some point have to, you know, uh, if you're desperate to, uh, you know, to pay the bills, you got to do things, you know. And... Unfortunately, this happened. So government, I think, federal and uh, Ford, you know, and provincial, they have to at some point address, even if it's drastic measure, even if it's drastic measure, they have to understand, you know, that if they don't, this is not going to end uh, in a short, uh, you know, in a short time. And it's going to take on, go on and go on and go on. And hopefully uh, they realize that. That's another fact. Well, hopefully, hopefully they do. They have put in some emergency measures. I'm going to be talking to the mayor very shortly, and we will ask him about that for sure. And one last thing, maybe just before I go, what I think is that some of it, you know, a generational thing. Um, and my daughter is a Z generation. You know, a lot of people are like millennials and everything. It's something to do. You know, I don't want to say the word, but you know, it's selfish generation. You have to think mm-hmm. of the old, older people. It's not about you. It's not only about me, 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 me. So it's got to be, you know, a thought to the young people. You're not invincible, you know. Even if you're at some point thinking that nothing has nothing to do with you, it can get your mom, your dad, your grandpa. Think about them, okay? Okay. That, that too, all right? Good thought and, and happy Nehru's. <laughs> happy Nehru. Thank you. Thank yep. you. That's good that you know. All okay, right. Okay, thanks. the sanctions on. Thank you. Bye-bye. Okay, uh, we are uh, coming to the end of our time. Uh, 20 seconds each or 30 seconds each, starting with Peter. Libby, um, again, um, if people need to be updated on Corona, they can go to our website, everythingzoomer.ca. And we have um, some sections on good books to read, radio shows to listen to, yours included, and um, some inspiring stories of people who have done, you know, really cool things to get through these self-isolation measures. Okay, that sounds great. And David? 
Yeah, I want to just uh, echo what Peter said, the fact that it's changing so much and that the numbers change, the instructions are being adapted, which is right, but it does mean you need to keep up to date. I, I, everythingzoomer.com, excellent. Uh, also, carp.ca has uh, information as well, so I would take the time to go to both websites and make sure you're, you're up to date with the latest. Okay, and um, you will get through this, people. We will. For sure. We will, for sure. Okay, thank you so much to the Zoomer Squad, David Kravitz and Peter Muggridge. Thanks, Thanks a lot. Libby. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show.